Hi, wherever you're listening to me, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli and this is today's tech briefing. In this program, so that's why we started this peer-to-peer network. We made an extremely affordable product. Uh, it is a couple of orders of magnitude cheaper than the competition. And uh, the rationale behind this was that it should be so affordable that people buy it for their for monitoring their own consumption needs. And if they plan to share it, they can make some passive income out of it. That's after these headlines. India successfully tested its surface-to-surface ballistic missile Agni-5 that can strike targets at ranges up to 5,000 kilometers with a very high degree of accuracy, according to a statement by the Ministry of Defense yesterday. The successful test of Agni-5, which can carry nuclear bombs, is in line with India's stated policy to have credible minimum deterrence that underpins the commitment to no first use, the Defense Ministry said in the statement. Merck An American drug company will give out the formula for its COVID-19 pill to other pharmaceutical companies worldwide, which could potentially save lives among those at higher risk of hospitalization from the coronavirus infection. The drug, known as Molnupiravir, has shown promise in treating the disease and the first agreement to license its production was signed between Merck and the Medicines Patent Pool, a United Nations-backed public health organization working to increase access to and facilitate the development of life-saving medicines for low- and middle-income countries. China has built a quantum computer that is 10 million times faster than Google's Sycamore computing systems, India Times reports. Created by researchers from the University of Science and Technology of China, led by Pan Jianwei, the quantum computing system is called Zhuchongzhi 2.1 after a mathematician from the 5th century. The world's biggest tech companies, including Google, IBM and Honeywell, as well as several startups, are in a race to build commercial quantum computers that use qubits, which can exhibit multiple quantum states rather than the binary states of 1 and 0 in current computers. Snap has hit 100 million monthly active users in India of its Snapchat app. Co-founder and CEO, Evan Spiegel, said in a virtual event yesterday, TechCrunch reports. The company is striking deals with Android smartphone makers, TV channels Sony and ZTV, and e-commerce company Flipkart to expand its reach in the subcontinent. Snap has over 500 million monthly active users worldwide, according to TechCrunch. Aco has raised $255 million in a new funding round led by General Atlantic and Multiples Private Equity, valuing the four-year-old insurance company at $1.1 billion, Economic Times reports, Canada's largest pension fund, CPPIB, and Lightspeed Growth, as well as existing investors, Intact Ventures and Munich Re Ventures, also participated in the funding round. ACO will use the money to expand into health insurance, according to ET. India is on the cusp of an EV revolution and several startups are emerging, building various parts of the ecosystem. In today's interview, Mohit Yadav, co-founder of RevOS, tells us about his company's efforts to build a peer-to-peer charging network with a smart socket-based charging point that can be used across different makes of vehicles. And the P2P network also allows users to make some money by sharing their electricity. Here's more from our conversation. Mohit, uh, welcome to this podcast. Uh, Thank you for making time for this. Uh, Folks who are not familiar with your work, uh, maybe you could start by giving us a 
a snapshot of uh, your work and what uh, RevOS is about, and then we'll go from there. Great. Thank you, Ari. First of all, thanks for the warm welcome. Um, <clears throat> so essentially what we are building here at RevOS is the technology and the infrastructure that would accelerate EV adoption. So if you look at EVs, they are fundamentally different from internal combustion engines and uh, how they would evolve is going to be more analogous to how smartphones evolved rather than our, uh, their ancestors, uh, which are fuel-based vehicles, right? So as these vehicles become more electronic and more, you know, more digital, they, we realized that there would be two key technologies that would be required to accelerate their adoption. First is obviously a charging network. Before, if you have an EV, then you have to charge it. And uh, now if you look at it, a lot of the EVs that are coming, Ola's, then Ethers of the world, they have set the standard that smart EVs are the new thing in, right? So everyone wants a smart EV, but how do you get it? A lot, if you look at Indian landscape right now, so many people are make, building EVs, but they do, not, they do not have the capability to make them smart. So what we have done is we have kind of created an Android for EV. So if you have an EV, you can use our software to make your vehicle smart, safe and connected. And uh, on the other side of things, we are uh, deploying the infrastructure, the EV charging infrastructure, which we just launched today. And uh, new, uh, the new product rendition of it, which is called the Bolt Charging Point. Uh, that typically we have launched it for addressing the range anxiety and the myth around that you need that there is no there are no enough there are not enough charging points in India to uh, fully go electric. Mm. Uh, let's get uh, some of the basics uh, you know in the news uh, about the launch today. Uh, tell us uh, what you've started with in terms of uh, the reach of your network, how many points, uh, and so on. Certainly. Uh, so we've been working for uh, quite some time now in fact we started last october just after the first wave of pandemic and uh, until now we have deployed about more than 2000 plus charging points in india and uh, we plan to deploy even several more thousands rather the country would be needing millions of them so there is no end to the scale where where we can go with this what what uh, but until now uh, we've been running like a quiet pilot working in the background validating the idea and getting the product out and taking feedback from people. So the first product that we had made looked very basic. It was just a simple socket which had IoT into it and you could control it using your smartphone. Then today what we have launched is a much more refined version of our uh, current product. And uh, it has a battery backup. It looks very cool. It has a very good design, very nice LED indicator status ring so that even, even if you are not educated, it has some very... Uh, bold visual cues to let you know what is happening with the charging, right? And the best part about this is the cost of the device has not increased. It is actually more affordable than the first one that we launched. So it is a network of charging points. Uh, what's special about these charging points is that they are extremely affordable. We are at least a couple of magnet, an order of magnitude cheaper than the next available competition. Second, they are present pretty much everywhere. We have just started building out the network and we are growing at uh, we are growing at a rampant pace, actually. And in about two to three months, you'll see our chargers deployed all across uh, the major cities and spread across the country as well, right? And the third part, which is which makes this charging point special, is that it can be shared. So, uh, Bolt Charging Network is essentially world's largest peer-to-peer -peer charging network. Why do why we call it peer-to-peer -peer is, be is because you can buy this charging point for your own needs and monitor your power consumption 
what is happening, how much you are paying for electricity. And when you are not using it, you can set your own rates and share it with others. So if, if there's someone on the road in need for a charge, they can locate your charging point, come there, scan the QR code, pay and start charging. So that's all there is to it. The, uh, the usage is very simple. It's just three simple steps. It's scan, pay, charge. Hmm. And in terms of uh, using your charging point, uh, how how have you ensured that uh, it can be used by different models? Because currently, as I understand, there aren't any standards or common standards for sockets and things like that for charging, for example. Yes, absolutely. That was the key design consideration when we you know, uh, when we designed this charging point. So. Uh, once the photos are out and everything, product photos are out, you'll look at it that if you see the socket that we are, that is present inside a bolt charging point, it's your regular 16 amp socket, right? And uh, the, the same socket on which your ACs, geysers, TV and everything else has been running or for the past 70 years. So it's the same, same shape. And every EV that is being shipped right now comes with a portable charging, a portable charger bundled with the EV. Right, just like you have your smartphone, you there is an adapter and a charger comes with your smartphone. Similarly, a portable charger comes with your EV, and that portable charger can be plugged into any standard charging point. So that's why we have kept the shape as the universal shape, so that any vehicle can be charged, uh, be it a two wheeler, three wheeler, or even a four wheeler. Obviously, four wheeler takes a lot more time because it's a slow, uh, slow three point three kilowatt charger and uh, AC charger, not a DC charger. And the key things that we had to consider while developing this was that there shouldn't be any extra infrastructure requirement when it comes to deploying these chargers. And it should just work. So right now, if you buy an EV, you get a portable EV charger, right? You plug that charger into any normal socket. So what this socket is, it's replacing that normal socket from a, a with a smart socket at an affordable price so that you know how much you are, how much energy you are and uh, it becomes crucial uh, going ahead right now. A lot of people, EVs have just started. We are in the stage one development of EVs. And going ahead, as everyone switches to EVs, their electricity bill is going to increase a lot. So uh, consumers would like to know that how much they are paying for their mobility needs, right? So that's what we are trying to solve with this. Hmm. And uh, a couple of times you mentioned that uh, your chargers are uh, smart charging uh, sockets and points. Yes. Uh, what are some of the features that make it a smart charger? So there are a lot. Uh, I'll tell you the standard features and what makes it extra smart. Uh, I'll tell you that as well. So there are some basic features that you get energy monitoring. There are safety aspects. Uh, there is auto cutoff built into our charger. So if the vehicle is charged full, the automatically the charger will turn off. and one of the key things that we have focused here is that it works if, even if there is no internet present. Like in India, internet is quite a big, uh, it's still not basic infrastructure and uh, expecting that every every charging point that we put needs to have an internet connection is a bit too much, right? So that's one good part about it. it it's smart in the sense, in it's smart in terms of the implementation also, that it uses the internet of your phone to sync all the data and communicate, right? And few other things we can also do. Our chargers can talk to each other. So let's say you your building only has the capacity of supporting 10 electric vehicles, but you have installed 100 charging points here in your building, right? How do you ensure that only 10 chargers are turned on at a time? So they talk to each other, they automatically do the load balancing and they charge each other. Uh, and they turn themselves on and off accordingly. And another smart thing is, uh, uh, like to give you a little bit more context on 
the entire technology stack that we are building. Uh, Revo has also built the software that goes inside these vehicles, right? We are we are building the Android for EVs. So if our software and we work with uh, big OEMs uh, or leading OEMs right now in India, I think in few coming months, we'll you'll see those announcements as well. So one of the key things is if the vehicle has our software and uh, and the charger has our software, you can do some really interesting things that you don't have to take out your phone or anything. You can just get your vehicle close to the charger and it will, it will automatically sense the vehicle. It will turn itself on and start charging and uh, turn itself off when the charge is complete. No need to take out a phone, no need to take out an app. Your vehicle can book a charging point and it will just start working. Hmm. Uh, since you mentioned uh, IoT uh, and the internet uh, earlier as well, uh, uh, what are some of the things that you're already doing in terms of uh, the data that uh, goes to your data center and what kind of analytics uh, and insights are you uh, extracting already? Yeah, so to be very frank, although we have deployed like a two thousand, we have deployed 2000 charging points, right? And we plan to deploy even further, right? The network is just starting to grow. In the bigger scheme of things, it's just a drop in the ocean. India is going to be needing a millions, millions of these charging points. So we are getting some interesting data. We can see where people are using these chargers, what is their charging pattern. And a few key things we are using that we are we use software to determine whether an EV is being charged or something else is being charged. So you don't need any fancy plugs to, you know, uh, prevent theft of electricity. It automats automatically senses whether it's an EV or it is a laptop or something else. And if it if the charger determines that it is not an EV, it will automatically turn itself off. Hmm. Uh, in terms of uh, the business model, uh, tell us a little bit about how uh, RevOS will generate the revenue. I mean, you already mentioned that people will pay for charging. Uh, so just explain the business model to us a bit. Yeah, so the business model is pretty straightforward uh, without getting into a lot of exact numbers and details. It's simple. Uh, if it's a private charger, you can use it forever for free. We don't charge any commission or anything like that. You can just use it. You own the charger. It's your it's uh, it's it absolutely your right to use it. But if you plan to put the charger on our peer to peer sharing network, then we take a we take a cut on the transaction value. That's all. Uh, uh, right now, at even that percentage, we have wiped off because we first want the adoption to grow, and we do not want any friction when when while country is trying to you know switch towards EV. So that would be the last thing that we would like to do, right? Hmm. For people to get on the peer to peer network. Uh... How does that work? I'd imagine there would be a RevOS app. Yes, absolutely. So the flow is very simple. We have a uh, we have our app called Bold App because it's the Bold Charging Network, right? And uh, on, when you open the app, you can see all the chargers that are around you, and uh, you can navigate to the charger. You can scan the QR code, book, and start charging. So just three steps are involved. To be honest, just scanning, paying, and charging. Um, however, uh, we do understand a lot of people are other also coming up with their charging apps right so many people are building their network and they have their own apps but we have a different philosophy when it comes to these things we have open APIs and SDKs so if anyone wants to integrate our charging network into their app we are extremely developer friendly and we want to encourage that open uh, open systems rather than closed network closed network charging uh, network uh, I would say mm. Uh, in terms of uh, the technology behind your uh, charging and the network, uh, uh, give us a sense of uh, uh, what kind of you know core technologies that you have developed. 
Yeah, so the core technology is is essentially the operating stack that we have built. We are call we call it the Bolt OS, right? And uh, you can think of it as as Android for EVs, or rather, with uh, Android for EVs or Windows for PC, right? You have so many different makes and models of uh, PC, but they can all run Windows. Same goes for Android as well, right? There are there are budget phones, there are more expensive phones, but you can still use Android to run uh, those phones. right so our core technology is we have an we have an operating stack which works across all kinds of vehicles and the peripherals that would make a part of this ecosystem for example uh if if you have like a very low budget bike right it might not have all the features uh like an ether or no or, or very premium bikes that you see some you might need some basic connectivity and someone else might need like a fully smart system full drive train integration and everything and someone might need something in the middle right so the operating system should allow all these different kind of vehicles to be made smart so that is one of the key technologies that we have built uh, on this, uh, another key technology that we have built is the complete data pipeline of getting data from these edge devices to the cloud using any mode of data transport whether it is vle gprs uh, 3g 4g 5g doesn't matter our data pipeline is very secure it's end to end encrypted it took, uh, so that is one of the key technologies here hmm just uh, switching gears a little bit uh, tell us also a bit about how you came to start uh, revos uh, give us a brief background of uh, uh, what you were doing before and how you got the idea of starting revos yeah so we started about i think 4 years ago i was working in adobe and my co-founder jyoti ranjan he had his own startup back then which unfortunately didn't work out and uh, then he went on to work at some other place and then he he was again bitten by the startup bug and uh, at that time even i wanted to try something else we did some research we traveled to china uh, we saw the ecosystem there and there we saw that for about 10 15 years china in china two wheelers and three wheelers been electric already in fact 97% of uh electric two wheelers that you uh, uh, two wheelers that you see in china they are already electric it's very difficult to find a fuel based uh, vehicle there so we saw that and we saw that the players that were entering the market right they were very similar to the players that were entering the smartphone market the, uh, for example there were, at one point there was uh, vivo uh, not i think vivo has just come now there was intex lava carbon if you remember everyone was just making phones right and we saw that there was there were some about 3000 manufacturers in china yeah, who were making these bikes but no one was making a smart bike right no one had the technology to make these vehicles smart and if they were making it, it they were so expensive they were out of reach of a common man pocket uh, earnings right there is no way he would be able to buy that so that's where both our motivations got combined that we have to improve the rider experience and uh rider experience and also make sure that evs are here right they have uh, that these vehicles switch to ev so that we found our calling back then and then we started making these products we first made the os and uh, it took us about 2 to 3 years because in automotive industry the test cycles are very long and when you are just starting out you need to have a pedigree to sell even to sell to oems if you are just like a one year old startup they would say you have said you give me the software what would happen after 10 years when you are gone and your startup is not there and how how much you have road tested it because it's like a primary concern if this software stops working the vehicle might stop right uh, let's say 
there is a bug in this software. You don't want to end up in a situation where your vehicle stops running. So we did thorough testing for about two years, completely in stealth mode without telling anyone what we are building with multiple OEMs in China, India, everywhere. And once we were confident enough, we launched in uh, December 2019 with the first manufacturer called Battery. It's a manufacturer in Jaipur, in Rajasthan. He was, uh, uh, there was this, uh, uh, the founder Nishal Chaudhary was, took that bet with us that, uh, okay, I would integrate RevOS system, uh, Bolt OS into my bike and let's see how it goes. So we had just launched and you know what happened then after just December, <laughs> Corona uh, pandemics, uh, you know, uh, entire world was, you know, just battling with the Corona pandemic and we had to put our, all our expansion plans on hold and it was like a really difficult time. So while we were sitting there and our OS was not getting deployed, we worked even harder and we built some extra modules on top of it. So uh, we started building some software modules, for example, let's say you have a smart bike, right? You buy some, uh, you're one of the OEMs, you want to get into the rental or the fleet game. You have bought some 200 electric vehicles and you want to make them all smart and you want to start a fleet business. So getting 200 vehicles is one part, putting a tracker or any kind of IoT layer is one part and running a fleet is entirely different, right? You need all the software to back those operations. So we built all those software modules right off the bat. So if you make a vehicle smart with RevOS, by default, you have the fleet option available. By default, you have all the smartness available, the apps available, right? So we made those modules and then our focus shifted towards that. Now we have made all this software. We still had a lot of time because the pandemic wasn't going anywhere. So we thought, what is the next thing that is, you know, really, uh, uh, you know, stopping the EV adoption or rather not stopping, slowing down the EV adoption. What would, what should we do to accelerate it? So then very obvious step, very obvious answer for to this was the charging infra. Everyone who wants to buy an EV right now always thinks that, where I'm going to charge it. So we started working on a charging network or a distributed way of dispensing energy. And our thought process was very different when we started this off, right? Everyone, like if you look around here, uh, right now what is happening in charging space, people are building charging stations, charging pumps, all these. So all this analogy that, that you look at it comes from the previous generation of vehicles that you have gasoline, uh, fuel-based vehicle petrol station. So you also need to make uh, these uh, electric charging stations. But even if, even the state of our technology, if you take it, even Tesla, if you take it, it takes at least two hours to charge even on their fast network, right? So if you start making these petrol bunks, uh, similar charging, uh, if you look at these petrol bunks and start making these uh, charging stations, and it takes two hours to charge a vehicle. I don't think this would solve the problem anyway, right? We would have massive lines when people would be lining up and it would take at least a couple of hours to get the vehicles charged. The best way to charge your vehicle is where your vehicle is parked. And if you look at electricity, it's already around you. Now, gasoline or petrol is that kind of, is that form of energy for which you have to travel to the source of energy and get it inside your vehicle and then start using it. On the on the flip side, electricity is very different. It's It has already reached you. It's running your ACs, geysers and everything. So why do we need to make these gas stations or charging stations or whatever it is? We should be able to charge our electric vehicles where we are able to charge our phones, right? Or wherever they are parked. So that's why we started this peer-to-peer -peer network. We made an extremely affordable product. Uh, it is a 
couple of orders of magnitude cheaper than the competition. And uh, the rationale behind this was that it should be so affordable that people buy it for their for monitoring their own consumption needs. And if they plan to share it, they can make some passive income out of it. Right? It it was the a very similar uh, a very familiar business model that came to our mind was the PCO boxes that we had and the PCO booths and the shops that we had uh, in 90s or the early 2000s that there were these PCO shops that were set up by these Kirana shop or uh, any grocery shop they used to have a small PCO box there you could put a coin or give some money to the shopkeeper and start charging so that's how we envisioned how a charging network would grow a distributed way of dispensing energy rather than a centralized a centralized place where everyone goes to get energy. So that was the that has been the entire story how we evolved, how we made the OS, and how we uh, you know came to the charging network part of it. Mm. You also mentioned uh, you had raised some funding. Tell us about uh, how much funding you've raised so far, and who are some of your uh, important investors. Yeah, so we have raised about four point five million dollars until now. Uh, uh, our investors are uh, one of the key uh, investors is uh, uh, Mr. Chetan Many, who's uh, hailed as the father of EV revolution in India. So he has been one of the early investors in our just very recent round where we raised 4 million. We've raised from Prime, uh, a leading venture capital uh, in India of, uh, in India, and also from Union Square Venture. They have invested in companies like Twitter, Coinbase and several others. Okay. Uh, one quick question. Uh, going forward, what are your uh, next immediate big priorities? Well, the first priority is just to grow the network, right? Unless and until the network is grown, it reaches a certain stage, uh, uh, people will still doubt whether they can use EVs full time or not, right? That is our first priority. So we plan to scale to thousands, if not millions of charger in a couple of years. And same on the OS side as well. We are working with multiple OEMs right now in country to provide our software to them and help them accelerate their journey towards providing a smart electric vehicle. So that is our key priority right now. Okay, excellent. Uh, really interesting conversation, Mohit. Uh, thank you again for making time for this. Uh, and I hope to keep the conversation going. Thank you, Ari. That was Mohit Yadav. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Thank you for listening.